They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even gonna swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. <laughs> Hey, honey, my levels are good. <laughs> oh, good. That's good to see you. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. We are here using the magic of technology, and I am once again, it's its like I'm up north with you, dude. I am once again yep. back with my cousin to do a kick-ass horror pod. Say hello to the nice people. Hi, nice people. <laughs> I'm Eric. I don't bite. We don't know that for sure. Now we don't actually. I haven't been tested either, so I might have rabies. Yeah, for sure. Now that's what my first point too is. Uh, since before we get started here with the pod, how are yep. things up in Massachusetts? I'm I'm very interested in seeing how things are up in Massachusetts compared to Florida because Florida is fucked up. <laughs> uh, it's it's different. I mean, it depends on which day of the week you go out. You'll see people all wearing masks or doing the social distancing, and then other days uh, they're like, "Yeah, screw it." And they'll, they'll have, like, the mask just barely covering their mouth, and they'll be, like, buddying around with people. I've seen people, like, hugging in the store. Yeah. Like, friends, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. And one guy's right next to his kid. I'm like, what the hell is that all about? That's Man. not social distancing. We have none of it so. here. There's hardly any social distancing here, and the governor's not on board. We don't – no one feels safe here. So we've all right. just decided to stay home. So, I mean. It's, uh, it's pretty bad here right now, too. I mean, there's probably 1,500 people a day getting diagnosed. Yeah, they're like right at the peak right now up in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, yeah. They said the next two weeks they extended our stay-at-home uh, advisory until the middle of May. So that means my shop, uh, which hasn't been open in a month and a half, won't month be open for another. Damn, man! Yeah, it's, I know, I know. It's and I'm not doing unemployment. I'm just selling on eBay like a like a crackhead. <laughs> you know, I got, I got so much stuff that's just been sitting until we the flea markets, and now that that's not going to happen, it's quarantine time, and you got shit to do, man. <laughs> exactly, you got to make it work. Exactly. I mean, I made almost four grand in um in what sixty days. Oh God, man! On eBay, see so you. You could tell that I'm I'm okay. a uh, fellow eBayer myself. So all I hear when I hear I made four thousand, that damn, they're gonna charge you four hundred dollars for uh, at the end of the month. Yeah, <laughs> I just got that. It was a two hundred fifty dollar bill that I forgot all about. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. yeah, there you go. God, I've I've done those big big sale uh, months before too, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe how much they take from me, and I can't believe how they don't take it out automatically. Take it out when the when the sale is done, you know. I don't take understand. it out right away. That's that's what I want. I don't want to wait thirty days. I don't want to wait thirty five, forty days because by then that money is already invested in bills or in, into other stuff that I wanted to buy, and I forgot all about it. Yep. I feel like yeah, every eBayer would agree with that too. I don't think there's one yeah. person who's like, "Yeah, I, I love forgetting about it and then a month later paying it." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh Ridiculous. man, yeah. So everyone's just scrapping to make shit work too. So yeah, you said uh, a month until you can officially start to think about going back to work, right? Exactly. That's just possibility. Not to mention, people are all going to be scared. Yeah. Oh yeah. No one's going to want to go into stores right away. So we're going to have to prove to everyone that we're safe. We were doing curbside pickup for um, three weeks, and then the uh, town shut down, shut us down. They said um, 
basically if we kept doing it, they were going to pull our license. Yeah, I know they're, they're threatening people hardcore now. And yep. like we drove past like a beauty salon yesterday, and like it says closed right on the window, but there's like five cars parked in front. And I was like, yeah. And there was another yep. shop we saw that they had the windows blacked out, and I was like, yeah, what's happening behind those doors? You know, because they're just concerned that, about people exactly. seeing it. The barber in my uh, in my strip down the uh, down in Easton, he's actually uh, he's still going, I guess, or he was. Really, and he had like paper up all over the windows. So I went in one day. I'm like, Are "You open?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, kinda." I'm like, dude, I haven't had a haircut. <laughs> that depends who you're open. with. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I walk in with like my, um, you know, my kerchief over my face. He's like, uh, "Are you sick?" I'm like, no, I told everyone to wear a mask yesterday, though. So I think it's probably a good idea. Oh, if you want me to wear a mask, I will. I'm like, dude. I don't care what you do. Just cut my friggin' hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be wearing a mask. <laughs> I just bought a kick-ass one on eBay, so that's what I assume is going to happen. You know, once they open it up, they're gonna they'll open it up, but they'll say, "Hey, you're gonna have to wear masks." And exactly, yeah. exactly. Which I don't find I don't mind that. I don't mind not shaking no. your hand and wearing a mask. Exactly. Just stay six feet away. I guess Brockton, which is the next town over, is a hotbed for this right now. It's one of the towns they always mention. Yeah. So when I do get back to it, I got to watch out for those guys. <clears throat> this is perfect for the introvert, man. It's like, I didn't want you guys near me or touching me anyways. <laughs> exactly. It's the best thing that could have happened. What pisses me off is they wouldn't even let us do the curbside uh, pickup. You know, yeah. People would literally come there, hand me an envelope with money, and um, I dropped the stuff in their trunk. End of the day. They, they weren't asked for change, nothing. It was no one coming in the shop. Basically just the, the, middle, the smallest amount of contact possible. Yeah, it's good. That's, that's too much. So, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, it sucks that you just can't go in there in the store and just, like, deal with getting it perfect. And right. You would think they would allow uh, shop owners to do that, you know? Uh, supposedly, they'll, they'll allow, like, one person to go in there. And then ben keeps telling me that they only want the actual shop owner. Yeah. So, even though I, it is my shop and I run it, I'm not supposed to be going in there. But I'm, I'm going in twice a week anyway. I park out back. And then I open the back door, and I have already thrown like three totes of stuff out, toys, uh, controls that we can't sell, just a bunch of stuff that was just building up. And now he's going to come and take all the rest of the DVDs. When you guys open, so. you're going to have so many people not only coming in there to buy, but coming in there to sell. Because so many people are playing games that they're sick of shit of right now, oh, yeah. or movies, or yep. any of that stuff. Because That's another thing. Everyone's broke, so everyone's looking to sell stuff. I get uh, contacts on Facebook three times a day. Really? Can I come in to buy this, or can I come in to sell this? I, I'm like, I can't. you can't sell anything right now. I was like, well, if it's good, you might be able to sell it in my front driveway, but... <laughs> exactly, exactly. If I thought, mm. I, you know, tell them to send me pictures of it. It looks like something I could probably work with. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll meet up with you. Yeah, I'll take that Shogun that. Warrior. Just leave it at the front step. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the 20 bucks for it. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, well, we're, we're all living week to week, so we'll have to see what what the hell happens. I don't know, it should make us stronger at the end, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go into some friggin' horror movies here, man. I am super excited about this pod, mainly because anything from the uh, from the sixties uh, down, it, I'm kind of on my own uh, as it is with Dave and Justin. Dave and uh, Dave's seen a decent amount of old school flicks, fifties and sixties. He'd have to rewatch them again. Uh, Justin's yep. seen very little. He's more of a uh, um, from a nineteen eighties uh, up guy. So I'm super glad that there is even somebody that I uh, that I know that I could talk 50s and 60s horror movies with. This is the stuff I was I grew up on. This is the stuff I really love because I was able to watch this even before the splatter stuff of the 80s. I know it's true because this is way before our time. People listening might think, "Oh, this is their childhood." No, this isn't our childhood. This is like our parents' no. childhood. 
Exactly, exactly. And I, these movies you could see on like a, a Creature Double Feature. Oh yeah, on Channel Fifty Six when we were kids, and it's a lot of like the um, old school Hammer stuff. And when, oh, uh, the Hammer stuff, man, it's just so good. I just love that Hammer stuff. Absolutely. I was talking to Dave about it. Dave's like, "Oh, you mean like the Universal Monsters?" I said, "Universal Monsters is even earlier than like the fifties. It's like the thirties yeah. and the forties. Exactly. And it's completely different feel. You know that Hammer stuff. It's very elegant. You know, and it and it helps that it always has. <laughs> they almost always have Christopher Lee or uh, Peter Cushing or the pair in them. Yep. Uh, to make them that much better, but. Michael Carradine did a lot of those movies too. Uh, he did a lot too. Um, my, no, no, David Carradine. Michael oh, David Carradine, Carradine yeah. Um, but they did a lot of the movies as well. So, I mean, it was it was a time that everything was very vibrant. The colors were nice. Everything about it, those movies were fun. And uh, I started uh, introducing Angela to those, and those are the ones she likes to watch the most. They're not too gory. They're, they're not slow, and they just have like this very. Um, like noble sense to them, the way that they're, they're done. The they way also they have an edge to them that I've realized, you know, when you watch the Universal Horror movies, you can almost see where they're going with it, uh, yep. with with how it's going to end for uh, for them. But there's always something like, uh, well, I, I won't get too uh, far into it because one of my first movies is going to be one. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be talking about them as we go on here because I know I have... I probably only have actually one uh, Hammer film on here, which is weird because I could easily have put five out of five on here. Uh, I've only got one myself. Oh, okay, cool. I could put five or six as well. Yeah, it, it's easy. I, they don't have a really good box set. They don't have like a set like that Godzilla set, which is like, this no. is everything. No, no. What they do is they'll give you like one vampire movie yep. or, or all vampire movies or one vampire, one Frankenstein, one Dra- They'll do a little bit of everything. Yeah, which it's is frustrating nice. as hell. <laughs> Exactly, but there were some good movies. It was one I was trying to think of the other day. It, it stars Christopher Lee, and it's about basically people walking outside, and, and um, the, the temperature's so hot, they're just like catching on fire and vaporizing. I can't remember what the That's hell the name of the movie is. I'm going to have to look that up too, man, because people forget that they weren't just... I mean, at the start, they were probably... They were knocking off all those universal horror movies. You know, they were doing yep. the Frankenstein, the Dracula, and everything, but once those came out, man, they were getting creative uh, with some of their yeah, stuff. Yeah, they really were. It's weird because there's a few of them that they never even touched. Really, I mean, they barely did much with the Mummy. Yeah. So th- th- those movies, I mean, they're they're unbelievable though. They they really are. They set a trend. They're great background. They're great background movies too. You know. Yeah, you got the castles and it, like like I said, everything just seems more like sophisticated and the way they spoke and they had great great actors too. So. Oh yeah, that was the other thing with it is the the quality actors. I mean, they not that the, a lot of those old school guys were bad, but they weren't anybody next level. Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee were like next level Shakespearean actors. Yes, exactly. And they believed this material and that's what I thought was so exciting about them. You believed yep. Peter Cushing when he was saying stuff and same with Christopher Lee. Yeah, definitely. All right. I say we uh we get on board here. Let's uh, let's go to right. your top, like your your number five. What do you got for us? All right. So number five was going to be uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. That's one of your faves. I know. I, I watched it semi recently. We literally watched it last night. I watched. It was on my DVR. We watched it um, once every few months. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, Angela's just starting to get into horror. She's not too big of it into it. And about three quarters of the way through, she looked at me. She goes, "This isn't horror. This is mystery." I'm like, you know what? You're 100% right. I can't put this on the list. There's an argument there for sure. I mean, that yeah, hound I mean, of hell kind of is what would put it up uh, over for me, but there is certainly, yep. I mean, it's a Sherlock Holmes story. A lot of people don't, uh, exactly. aren't even familiar with it, I think. It, it's weird that they even got, uh, that they touched on, was that their only Sherlock Holmes movie yep. they did? Yep. It's so it was crazy. the only one, yeah, because uh, we, we were actually watching the guy who does the uh, the intro for Turner Classic Movies, and 
talking about how uh, was it Basil Rathbone had done all those movies, and then like ten years later, they decided that the Hammer Studio, studio was going to pick him up. So that was kind of one of the interesting things too. All right. So if that didn't make the list, what's your number? So five? no, that didn't. But uh, we're going to go back with uh, Cushing and Lee, and um, number five is going to be 1964, The Gorgon. The Gorgon, man, and it's weird that I have not. I there's a lot of these Hammer films that I probably saw when I was younger, and I just don't remember it until I rewatch it. But this one sounds. I mean, this is basically uh, Medusa, right? That same yeah. type of creature. It's Medusa living in the castle, and everyone in the town's afraid. They know what's going on because people are getting. Um, they're, they're they're not just looking at it; they're actually getting bit because they um they have like these little marks on their forehead after they see her, and then they turn to stone. I'm fascinated with the Medusa character. Unbelievably fascinated, so much so that I've talked about getting a really nice Medusa tattoo on my body. I think that would yep. be a killer. Uh, Definitely. So I this is a movie I know I'm gonna just buy later on today. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it somewhere. It's funny because. During all this, I, I've been going crazy looking for some of my older movies, and I can't find them. a box somewhere, or a tote somewhere in the basement. Yeah. And I wasn't able to uncover them, but I know I have every one of these movies on my list I have. That's the problem with having too much shit in your house. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> in fact, we, we were looking for There's another one on this list that I'll call it to. We looked for it for three days. All I could find on was VHS. <laughs> and then, as it turned out, it was actually on demand. After looking for three days, it's right there on the AMC on demand. We watched it the other night, so it worked out well. I've had we'll that get to that one too. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, the the Gorgon, great movie. It's got um Cushing and Lee. And Man, how uh, many? They, that must be the biggest like team up uh, actors ever. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, they did I so many movies how, together. That's one thing I should have researched is how many movies they actually did together. It had to be like a couple dozen. Easy. It, it had to have been at least twenty. Yeah, yeah. I would think it would have to be at least twenty. And I was I was thinking about the other night. They were actually both in the Star Wars series too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, that's kind of a cool little uh, side note. It is. Uh, and they usually, it's interesting, I think they usually use Cushing as the good character and Lee as the bad, and every once in yep. a while they're both good, I guess. Are they both good in this movie, or is one more even uh, than the They're other? both good in this movie, and they were both good in uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Hound of the Baskervilles was great, because that was the first time I had seen Lee play that type of like normal character. You're used to him being slathered up in the mummy uh, goop or the uh, other shit that he had on. Yep. It's crazy. Yep, exactly. And this, he was the straight guy in this one. And they were actually trying to protect him in the Hunt of Basketball. So he was he was more of like, um, I believe he's an inspector in the Gorgon. I haven't been able to see that one. Like I said, I wasn't able to find that box, but I'm pretty sure he was like the inspector that came into town. So what was the main so, kind of premise for Gorgon? Uh, basically, they, they knew that this creature was living somewhere in the town. They figured it was living in the castle, and anyone who went up there wound up getting turned to stone. So they, they had no idea what it was, and of course, everyone's scrambling to figure out what the hell's the issue of why people are turning into statues. So, but there was, a, there was the woman who was cursed who lived up in the, um, the castle. And it turns out she wasn't just that person. She was someone else too. So she was a normal person as well in the town. Just the premise is like, ah, oh, I get, this sounds just too cool not to do. They don't do these movies anymore. No, no, they don't. And the movies are pumping out now. It's, it's frustrating because they could do so, such better stuff if they just, some of this old uh, format. I know it's weird when you hear that they're doing their, 400th vampire movie and there's probably only a 10 or 12 movies about the the gorgon or the um, medusa character the, a character that can yep. change someone to stone and when i was a kid the idea that if someone looked at you it would turn you to stone was scary as shit dude yeah even clash of the titans yeah clash of the titans is one of my favorite that image of her with her yep. eyes open when she turns oh scary yep. dude i know i know <laughs> yeah so what's your favorite give us a scene from uh from the gorgon that was like your favorite 
Uh, it, it was really just the whole movie. Everything about that movie kind of freaked me out. I mean, if I had to make one scene, it's probably when they're going in the house and, and they realize the guy's, I'm pretty sure what it, what it is, is he knows that she's behind him and he slowly turns around. And even he, he knows he can't turn around and look at her, oh, but he's still doing it slowly. And he actually turns around and then the, the terror looks into his eyes and you could see he knows he's screwed. Oh, he's absolutely Split second before it happens, man. Yeah. How yep. often were like uh, I, I would imagine uh, mirrors and just reflective material were used like crazy in this movie, kind of to be able yeah. to. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, because that's the only thing you have. Yeah, you had to get around the room or whatever, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that's how they found her because they were like kind of going in with the mirror and trying to just do the image rather than obviously looking right at her. Now, were they but hired to go in there, or was it something that they were uh, just doing on their own? No, I'm pretty sure they were the inspectors, and they were just trying to figure okay, out why so these they, people. Okay, so they were part of the police force. Yeah. Yep. Uh, can't we get the pickpocket, the Gorgon? Seriously? <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> I don't want to go to that castle. It's creepy. People are dying up there. No, that's that's a joke. All right. Well, this is a good transition into mine because I'm going to do my hammer one here, uh, and this is also with the great Christopher Lee and the great Peter Cushing, and this is Curse of Frankenstein, 1957. Nice. Awesome movie. I love it, man. I, I, I love this more than Frankenstein, and I love Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, no, this is way better. This this is one of my all-time favorite uh, um, Frankenstein-esque movies. Uh, everything about it, it's, it's not even one of it. It's probably my favorite. I mean, I love, love, love this movie. Yeah, it's so, so good, good, man. I just love the look of him, first of all. And I love yeah. how, I mean, you got a sense in the original Frankenstein that he was kind of uh, crazy, uh, the yep. Frankenstein himself, the scientist, but the way Peter mm-hmm. Cushing played him, I mean, he was like a sociopath. I will not be yeah. stopped. I will kill normal people. I don't care. <laughs> right. When right. he threw the professor off the, the, the scene where he throws the professor off the railing is always one of my favorites with him. It was just that shout, uh, at right as he was pushing him to the uh, professor, look out yep. as he's like pushing him yeah. over. I was like, Oh my God, man, this guy will go to nothing, man. You can make the argument. This one, they were actually both bad. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. In my, my, the two I picked, they were both good guys. And this, I mean, Frank, the monster is never bad. He just, yeah, he I was just going to say that. I said, there's an argument that, uh, that Lee's character wasn't bad in this. He was just a victim of uh, someone else's kind of craziness. Yeah. They were experiments. Exactly. How much I love the, I mean, obviously in the, the original one, we got to see them go to the graveyard and they dug up the bodies yep. and everything. Oh my God. How much better was the curse of Frankenstein just going up to a body that had been hung in the middle of town and then snipping it into your yep. friggin' cart. Exactly. <laughs> it's so he great. Was, he was definitely a fiend. He was certainly a fiend in this movie, which I loved because he didn't play a, a good enough bad guy enough. Yeah. It really was incredible. I <clears throat> those are the, the when he killed the professor is certainly one of my favorite stuff. But I also love how he he uses his mentor as like the Igor character, and yep. in the I mean in the original Frankenstein he uses just like this witless idiot you know who will just yeah. do whatever the hell he says. And uh, in this one it was the guy that actually I, I love that beginning of the uh, the movie when he, he reveals that he's the new Baron and he uh, he's inherited all this money and I want you to be my mentor and you're going to teach me everything. And that they get mm-hmm. to a point where they they both feel like they've learned too much. So now they have to go over that edge of right and wrong and what are you going to do? And he basically kind of wraps his mentor up in this. And I'm surprised he went as far as, the mentor went as far as he did. But at some, a certain point, the mentor, mentor knew he was fucking out of his mind. Right, right. And he, But he was already kind of into it himself. So yeah. 
what are the choices going to make? And there was a fe- there was a female character in this too. Was it uh, somebody that it was his wife was having an affair? Like he wasn't he wanted to kill his wife so he could be with his mistress. Yep. That's what it was. Man, he was yep. an e- he was an evil son of a bitch in this movie. <laughs> this <laughs> might have been one of the most evil kind of. Uh, I guess the argument of Grand Marf Tarkin is probably better. He destroyed an entire planet in front of somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess you couldn't go to one of his worst characters, but it, it's up there. Uh, Curse of Frankenstein right. for sure. <laughs> did you see the? Uh, what did you? What were your thoughts? And this is, I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are on this because you've watched so much Cushing over the years. Did you see Rogue One? Did you see the digital uh, thing that they did with that guy? Yeah, yeah. What did you think uh, of it? it? I liked it. I mean, it was it was cool. I mean, I've only seen the movie once. I, I saw it. I was like, eh, you know, nothing about it disappointed me. I love it. It's and, one of my. Uh, it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It's it's probably my third favorite of all of them, above like Jedi, just because I I don't know for some reason I loved it so much. It was what I wanted to see. But I was I was so excited when I saw not only Leia's face, uh, but yeah. what they did with Grand uh, what they did with the guy who was playing Peter Cushing, and I saw the making of it, and they them him going out there with his regular face, but he's got the dots on it and everything, and you know they're going to put uh, Cushing's face on him. Uh, and this is yeah. coming from someone who's seen him a lot. I was impressed because a lot of those digital or the de-agings that they're doing right now, some of them work, some of them don't. I, I don't think the the one where I could tell that they were almost there was the uh, the one with Robert Downey Jr. in like Civil War uh, when they de-aged him. <clears throat> and you saw him, and you were like, ah, oh, the eyes still look a little funky. But, man, when they showed Peter Cushing in Rogue One, I was like, oh, I buy it. I don't know how the hell they dug this motherfucker up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter Cushing, man. <laughs> he deserves awesome. more love than he gets. I'm, I'm sure he's like Tom Hanks over in uh, Great Britain. But uh, mm-hmm. over in here, it's he's always, that's that Star Wars guy. And it sucks, because that's yeah, like exactly. the, that's like his fucking 25th best movie, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. All right. What about your next one? What you got? Um, I've actually got a, a, a classic that I almost forgot about on this list, but I had to throw it on because it uh, it really refined the, the genre a little bit. Nice. Nineteen uh, sixties Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was yeah. just yeah. Nine what nineteen sixty? Nineteen sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Man, I love Psycho. Psycho is always one of my favorite movies. Man, I could talk this some of the day long. best film of photography in that movie. Yep. Absolutely. If you just, if you pull up, I mean, I think it's every film school, they'll talk about that shower scene, you know, how many cuts there were. And my, my favorite scene in the movie is when the detective gets to the top of the stairs and oh. you get that above scene of, um, of Perkins coming out of the bedroom and he, yeah. he's right on top of him. He stabs him once in the face and he somehow falls back down those stairs backwards. And the way they're filming it, it looks like he's just going straight back down the stairs. It was a crazy effect. That, that like that was like groundbreaking at the time when that whole yep. Martin Balsam scene when he's going down those steps. Uh, I'm not even mm-hmm. sure how they did it. You know, I mean, I'm I'm Me sure there was a crane that they kind of uh, went down there with, but he had that great kind of uh, Hitchcock had that eye that would take it to that next level. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the eeriness of the house sitting on the top of the hill behind the, the motel. Uh, this was actually one of those movies that my mother could watch. She was scared shitless from this. And yeah. uh, 13 Ghosts were the two that really got to her, I guess. And it's even more difficult when you watch it the second time and you realize that, and, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Psycho, uh, <laughs> and you realize that when you're listening to the, to, 
Marion listen to Anthony Perkins have a conversation with himself. You know, yes. when, and it's yep. very creepy in the way. I, obviously, they didn't use Anthony Perkins to do the voice, but you're, as a viewer, you think it is him doing the voice, especially on the second right. viewing. Uh, it's a yep. creepy voice, too, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. It's, it's it really is. It's scary. Terrifying. When you think of, and I guess that's why they eventually, I didn't see any of the series that they came out with, that Bates Motel series. Uh, it was all right. I, I just. There was so much there, it makes sense that they would do that because there's so much uh, that they could delve into when mm-hmm. the mother was alive and that period of time that, I mean, how long was his mother dead, did they say? Do we remember? Uh, uh, she when, was decomposed, man. So I'm yeah, she was decomposed, so it had to have been years, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, certainly years, and he was keeping her in the fruit cellar. So I, w- I want to know the stuff that's happened within that five years and if that was the only person, was that the only time he kind of flipped out and killed someone, or were there other people? Uh, probably more. Probably more. But the more. great thing about him, too, is maybe the, we haven't touched on it, is he was in a taxidermy, so he definitely um, did that to his mother. Yeah. He definitely stuffed her because he had all the taxidermy in his, uh, in his office. That's so true. That's true, man. After after she was gone, he, that's what he did with her. So <laughs> I never delved to... deep into how kind of fucked up he was, you know, because on on the yeah. surface is ah, he kept his mom's body in the basement and everything, and he dressed yeah. up like her every once in a while. He says, "No, this guy's fucked up, dude." <laughs> yeah, yep. And I think uh, it's the last movie. The last line of the movie was, uh, "Look at him; he wouldn't even hurt a fly." Uh, such a great and line. He just too. Looks up and he said, "I think he didn't he catch the fly or something at that that point." Uh, no, he it just landed on his leg. Yeah, it just landed that's on his leg. Was. Yep. I think I'm going to swat this fly. Yep. <laughs> yep. That was oh, a great, man. great, great movie, though. I, I can just imagine, I, I mean, we weren't alive in 1960, but I could just imagine the impact that had. This was the first movie they showed a toilet flush on film. No kidding. That tells you how much. So not only are we going to show the first toilet flush, we're going to introduce uh, a, a transgendered uh, possible necophilia. Uh, oh, man, was, he had so many problems, too. So and on top of that, also, I mean, one of the most iconic scenes, the shower scene, made people afraid to close that shower. Yeah, it's crazy, man. When it, when it can have like that effect did. on you, because obviously yeah. the Jaws one is another big one people talk about. Yeah. Now you're vulnerable in the shower. I know. You feel anyway. You're, you're in there naked. You know, you're, you're in there. You're like, if someone comes in right now, what am I going to do? Cover up or attack them? I'm probably going to cover up first because yeah. I don't want anyone to see me naked. I'm sorry. God. And then having the, and doing that scene today is, is so much easier because they would not have taken such detail to, I mean, they couldn't show the nudity, you know, so they had to be very right. clever about what shots they use and, and yep. the, the blood, and they couldn't show stab wounds and everything. Did you see the mm-hmm. shot-for-shot remake that Gus Van Zandt went and did with uh, Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good, but it was the exact that. same thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, other than you you got to see Anne Hesch fall over and you saw a little camel toe, and that was like, I was like, oh, that was the scene that they didn't do in the original. <laughs> really? I don't remember that. Shit, yeah, man. Huh. And uh, I, I liked him. I thought that was the first time Vince Vaughn showed us, showed us that he could be a dramatic actor. Not to go yep. too far off base. You, have you seen uh, uh, The Brawl on Cell Block 99? No. Oh, my God, dude. You need to see that fucking movie, dude. Brawl on Cell right. Block 99. He's just a huh. crazy ex-con that's getting kind of blackmailed into killing somebody really high up, but that person is in prison, so he has yep. to go in he has to be sent to prison and then purposely get himself moved to max security 
and like wow. and once he moves to the next level he has to do something horrible enough that will get him to the next level until he's in close proximity to this guy it's fucking crazy Damn. so yeah you'll okay. have to put the, put that on your short list definitely yeah it's a good one uh the all right psycho about the yeah it's um all, you also got um uh, uh Janet Lee, who's Jamie Lee uh, Curtis's mother. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good point there too because they are kind of horror like royalty, royalty. for sure. Yeah, and they were in the same movie together in uh, Halloween H two O for that's right. a split second. That's right. So that was kind of a cool cool one too. All right, my next movie. This one, this has been redone, not nearly as good as the original, in my opinion. Uh, and this was 1959's House on Haunted Hill. Nice. I, I love this movie, man. I love Vincent Price. So you couldn't do this pod without a Vincent Price movie on here. And I, I didn't like the uh, that other one, that, that remake that came out. It, it came out at the same time as a, a couple other kind of ghost movies and everything, and the timing was bad yep. for it. I mean, if they came out with a new one and they kind of went next level on it, maybe. But this was a type of movie that was, I mean, it was what William Castle this is the same guy did 13 Ghosts. He had mm-hmm. a certain level of uh, shock and awe to him and a little bit yep. of cheese wrapped into it that just made it perfect for this type of uh, thing and for exactly. Vincent Price. You know, yeah. Was this a movie you watched when you were younger? Uh, yeah, I watched this one a few times when I was younger. I have not revisited it since. Probably haven't seen it in 25, 30 years. Um, it's so good, man. It holds up. It's just uh, really ingenious. The, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's an actual story going on here too of uh, kind of Vincent Price, who's he's says he's going to give he's like an eccentric guy and he's going to there's a house that's completely haunted and supposedly there's like seven or eight people who've died there and uh he's going to pay he invites six people there and he's going to pay him each ten thousand dollars to spend the night in the house uh mm-hmm. and he has this crazy ulterior motive of why he's got these people here and it, it, it's really kind of intricate when it works it down uh dealing with his wife and his wife having an affair with uh with somebody else but there was just so yeah. many cool cool elements in it the big basement with the acid was always like a huge element to me man because especially i mean you live up north too and you you probably remember my old uh basement up north too basements are creepy dude and to know that not only do you have a creepy basement that you have a creepy basement where you can open the door and it's like a vat of acid in there right (laughs) where people are just casually walking really close to also (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind not stepping it. near the uh, the boiling acid? Thank you. I, I I haven't put up the partitions yet, so just just look away. Yeah. There's nothing to see here. Goddamn Americans! <laughs> Always want to play with other people's <laughs> acid. <laughs> so it played an it. intricate part of the movie too, where they uh, they the whole end of the movie was kind of down in the acid room. Uh, they had mm-hmm. that great skeleton, and there were. Uh, I know they had, I think it was a uh, a rat or something that floated to the surface that had fallen into the uh, acid, and it was really, really cool. But it was it was a fun movie, man. It was a really great mystery kind of movie. And like I said, uh, you got to see Vincent Price. And Vincent Price, right. if you were doing that Mount Rushmore of horror, he would have to be yep. right up there, you know? He's funny because he was actually in like three or four different movies I was looking at at the end of the day. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay away from him. There's just there's too many. Yeah. And I didn't know which one to put up there, so I, I just kind of went against doing the Vincent Price thing. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what, he could have made it over a couple of these movies. But 
there's just too many to pick from. He's, he's one of those It's guys. difficult. And he's worked with so many different directors. I mean, he, he was crazy with Roger Corman for a while there. Yeah. When, yep. I mean, all those, the pit and the pendulum and uh, all those flicks that he did with him, the Raven. He, I think he did every Edgar Allan Poe movie that was ever made. You had to have Masquerade him. Masquerade Death. Yep. <laughs> Masquerade what Death. Was, yep. What was the one where he was the, um, the, like the, um, he did, Oh, I think they, they get him out of like the, uh, acting business, and he decided to uh, take revenge on all the guys. And one of the guys, he actually fed him the poodles. Oh wow, that sounds vaguely familiar. There's there's two of them. I cannot remember what the hell they call, but they're they're like kind of silly because he's really over the top. And was this in the fifties? Fifties or the sixties? Uh, I think it was like fifty eight, maybe maybe sixty. I got to research that one. I was going to do it last night, but we just got uh, carried away watching movies, trying to catch up on this stuff. He's great, man. I even, I mean, he acted all the way till the end too, and doing just yeah. interesting roles. You think of him in like Edward Scissorhands, and yep. uh, he's it, it's sad to see him that old, but you could tell that he's still enjoying himself. He was one of those guys. Yep. I think that happens with a lot of actors where they they get their start in horror mo- movies because it's kind of indie directors are doing it, and as an indie director myself, we'll hire anybody. So a lot of people yep. will just get their foot in the door to do whatever the hell uh, they can do. But there are other people that stay in that genre, man. And they just love that yep. genre. And, they and love exactly. Vincent Price is the perfect guy for that. And those are the guys to put in these movies because you know, they're going to take them super serious. Uh, yep. Even the modern guys now, you know, when you have Savini attached from Nicotar or uh, Kane Hodder mm-hmm. or uh, the, the way Adam Green's working people in the way that Tarantino uh, works people in from his kind of favorites and everything is great. People can't forget about these old school guys. There's a lot of these guys that are still around that are just uh, loving to be in something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he, I mean, he was also in uh, Brady Bunch. And even in that, he was creepy. That's right. He was in the freaking Hawaii episode. <laughs> yep, yep, which was a scary episode. It is a scary episode. It's yeah. weird. We watched that somewhat recently. It was like a few weeks ago. Sunday on Sunday, uh, they play like a block of two hours of the Brady Bunch, and we'll have it on the background and everything for just nostalgia purposes. We watched it a lot growing up, both of us. Yep. And I I remember being super excited. Anytime they do the episode when they're doing the uh, um, the Snow White uh, theater episode and the. Uh, yep the uh amusement park one and the three-part hawaii one i was like oh the three-part hawaii one's on he says you know you're the end of number two you're gonna see a great guy man his voice man i mean i actually like the um the one with like the uh the western town when we do a tv one man you'll have to come on for the uh brady bunch one because i could talk brady bunch all day with you (laughs) yeah yeah definitely three's company brady bunch night court cheers oh shit sign me up all right what's your uh your number three here Number three is honestly, uh, this is a hard one to put at number three. I'd rather have it at number one or two, but the other two just took precedent. Uh, 1958 Quarters of Blood with Boris Karloff and one of the first Christopher Lee movies. Man, that's so interesting. And I, you had told me about this earlier, and I was like, man, I've never heard of that movie. And I mean, that's that's not unusual. There's a lot of old movies I haven't heard of. So I looked it up, and I was like reading the synopsis, and I was like, well, I got to watch this fucking movie soon because it just sounds great. Really good. He's a, uh, he's an anesthesiologist. The anesthesiologist does not want people to feel the pain of the knife, and that's one of the lines of the movie. Huh. Um, they basically say uh, knife, knife, the knife and the pain are all uh, one and the same, however they put it. But um, you can't have being cut without having pain, so he's trying to find a way to knock these people out. And he's experimenting on himself. And he's taking more and more of the drugs, and it, he's, it's basically he goes from being this very, very well-renowned surgeon who's very quick with his hands to the um the the pain um, um killers 
are basically killing his brain and making him slower and slower. So now he's got the people under sedation, but his hand's not working fast enough. He has that people take over for him. He keeps doing these experiments. And then they're not going as well as he wants them to because he's just not there anymore. Wow. Um, one of the other side notes is there's a um, uh, the jerk of the town, the scumbag, has this little brothel, and he's got all these people that he's basically taking in, taking advantage of, uh, stealing their money, and Christopher Lee comes along and smothers him with a pillow. So they need to have someone sign all the um, the paperwork for them getting killed, and here's um, Boris Karloff who's signing him because that's what he does. So they basically uh, blackmail at one point. They're saying, oh, well, we'll give you a, your book back that you lost here with all your experiment notes, but you're going to have to do some paperwork for us. So fill out all these death certificates so we can have more more bodies. And it's a really, really That's good crazy, movie. crazy, man. This seems like a movie that would could totally be remade and redone well. Just, just if for only just the premise of a a obsessed doctor who's so willing to uh, to figure out the results of something that he's willing to test shit on himself. You know, mm-hmm. that's scary. And he's not he's, he's not bad. He's a he's a good uh, he plays a great character. Yeah. And this is like you know no makeup on later on in his career he's very old. I was I was mentioning to Angela that he has one of the greatest voices. Oh yeah. In, in old horror because he's got the uh, the the he's a great voice. <laughs> exactly. Not to mention he's got that lisp which most people don't even realize is a yeah. lisp. And when it just comes across so well, and he speaks so eloquently, uh, you, you are mesmerized. I was always uh, excited when I got to see him without his makeup because, you know, he wore it so often. Yeah. I mean, he kept his face covered for like 15 years, basically. Right. And, and she said to me the other day, that's the guy who played Frankenstein. Yes, it is. That is the guy who played Frankenstein. It's those eyes. You can see it. He played Frankenstein. He played the mummy. And you could see it in all those roles. Oh, yeah, man. You could see it in the eyes. He, that's how he acted, much like Kane Hawk does now. Really good. I, it sounds interesting as hell, man. I, I definitely am interested in seeing it. You said that was like Christopher Lee's like first role? It's one of his first roles. It's uh, How young did he look? Damn. He was wicked young, and you didn't even recognize him at first. Like, yeah. He was all dressed in black. He had a scar on his cheek and everything. Um, the funny thing about this, this is the one that we... Um, so I have the VHS tape, and I have VH, uh, VCRs everywhere, but I really didn't want to, you know, go set one up. I'm like, I got the DVD somewhere. I, w- I looked everywhere for three days. And I just happened to check on uh, on demand the other day. and wasn't on Netflix. wasn't on who, no, nothing. And I just happened to check the on demand, and there it was. And I was like, oh, here we go. And we, we sat down right then and watched it. And um, three quarters of the way through it, she's like, yeah, this is a good one. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. She was, there are no quarters of blood, though. I said, no, there's not much blood in this because it's an older movie. They didn't need it. They, they acted so well, they didn't need the uh, special effects or the industrial light magic or anything. It was predicated upon how great these freaking actors were. Yeah. It's, it's great that she's interested in this type of stuff, too. I, I, I forced it on my, uh, on my wife. I'm like, look at this guy's doing this and this guy's doing that. She, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's definitely, She's I mean, like, I'm happy not, you're excited. <laughs> she won't watch like gory horror. Um, she doesn't like the newer stuff as much. I'm trying to get her more and more into it. Uh, I'm trying to get her to watch movies like Jeepers Creepers because they had a lot of um, like a profound effect on me. Uh-huh. And I didn't. I think as long as I warn her on like the, the scary or gory parts, I should be okay. There's not much bad with Jeepers Creepers, really. No, I mean, it's, it's I'd hold up watching like uh, what's that Green Inferno with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably not gonna happen. Scary, no I'd human centipede, sorry. <laughs> no human centipede. I don't, I don't even want to watch. It. No, I won't keep watch that it one either. Far away. I have all three of them at the shop, and I refuse. I don't care how desperate I am. I'm not watching. <laughs> yeah. them. There's, just, there's a difference between horror and just nasty. <laughs> all right. 
My my number three here, and this is a this was my one foreign film I put on here, and this was such an amazing film, and this was Eyes Without a Face, nineteen sixty. Do you remember this? This one I've never seen. Ah, it's so great. It's a French movie, and what's going on in the movie is at the very beginning of the movie, you see this one guy go to the morgue and he's going to identify the body of a uh, little girl. And he goes to the, uh, the morgue. They show the body of the uh, like 13 year old girl. And he's like, yes, that's my daughter and everything. And, and they were like, Oh, we have to tell the other guy. We, we brought two of you down because with his two girls that were missing and the other guy here, uh, we wanted to see if it was his daughter. Uh, so we'll send him mm-hmm. home. And then he even sees the guy in the parking lot and they were like, and the other guy's like, I thought it was my daughter and says, unfortunately, it was my daughter. I'm sorry. Uh, And then he just takes off and he goes back to his house and you realize what's going on at his house is that he has his daughter at the house. What's going on is his daughter was in this really horrible accident and she like has no face. She, the, the. All her skin is gone. It's like so disgusting that they won't even show the camera. They'll they'll show her with this like really creepy, creepy form fitting kind of mask on. You'll have to Google the image of eyes without a face. You'll see that crazy mask that's on her. And what you're realizing is this, her dad is a doctor and somewhat uh, surgeon and somewhat responsible for the accident her, his daughter got in. So he's so guilt ridden. So what he's doing is he's kidnapping girls in town, killing them and taking parts of their skin and using it to put it on his daughter. So when he went there to identify that girl, he knew for a fact it wasn't his daughter. He just claimed it was his daughter so that uh, the case would be closed. (laughs) And it was really was that other guy's daughter. And he's just, it's so freaking creepy, man. And uh, that one didn't work for some reason. So he had to do it again. So you got to see him actually kidnap this one girl and drag in there. And the girl comes out of it as they're, it was super creepy. I mean, like way above its time in 1960. It's like one of those movies that you, uh, it's like a lot of those old Italian movie, horror movies that never in a million years uh, would they be huge over here because of how kind of shocking they were. A lot of right, uh, right. Dario Argento movies and stuff like that in the 70s, people were like, holy crap, what the hell is this? <laughs> He's like, oh, those Italians. Wow. <laughs> and it was kind of like that with this French movie. You were like, wow, I don't, because this, you think it is 1960 is the same exact year as Psycho. And this is like way yep. above Psycho. I mean, this guy is like kidnapping children and like taking their faces off. And there's one scene that just sticks with me so much. And I'm sure I can pull the clip of it and I'll have to send it to you later. And it, it's an unbelievable great effect. Would not in a million years work medically, but they had this girl's face. Uh, they, the first girl that they kidnapped, they had on the uh, kind of gurney and the father and his assistant are sitting right there and he he draws a line around her face and then he takes yep. a scalpel and he literally is cutting in like this circular motion all the way around her face. And at some point you could tell that it was just him, that he was moving the face with the knife so well that it looked like the face was moving and cutting off. And at some point, I think they cut to the uh, the nurse or something. And when they cut back, it was such a great mask that not until another half circle around did you realize that this girl's wearing a mask that they put on there and he's slowly lifting it off her face. Oh, and wow. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Cool. He literally just cut this girl's face off and then tried to put it on his uh, daughter's fa- face. It's yeah. insane, man. Very insane. It's definitely yeah, one of those movies. Yeah, definitely check it out. And uh, I know a lot of people will avoid it because it's subtitles, but there's so much going on in this movie that it's a very easily um, easy one to listen to. 
or okay. watch. <laughs> so huh. yeah, eyes without face. All right, what do you got for your number two? Number two. All right, here's where I get a little uh, confused because there's <laughs> two great movies, and one of them I forgot all about until late in the game. But I'm going to go with that as number two because number one is just honestly one of my favorites. Uh, Fifty four. Uh, we're going to go back to the universal uh, way of life with um, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, God, man. I love the Creature from the Black and Lagoon. The fact, the fact that that was 1954 and I didn't realize that. For some reason, I thought it was late 40s. And it's honestly that and Frankenstein are my top two universal movies. I knew it was later. I was doing a couple of things and it just kind of popped in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. And uh, when I saw the data, I'm like, perfect. Because so I had to move my mind around quite a bit. Um Great, great movie. I love uh, Creature. It's definitely one of my top uh, Universal. The, him and probably the Wolfman would be my second one. Wolf, Creature and the Wolfman. Wolfman's awesome because it's uh, it's it's he's so tragic. Yeah. The the music is great. Lon Chaney's great in that. The I mean, gypsy that, that stuff. Awesome, awesome. It was it was really really yeah. good. And Bela the Gypsy, Bela Lugosi playing the Gypsy. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I, I put Creature up there. Uh, I remember this one as a kid because it's it's all about being the, the seclusion of it. They're in the middle of nowhere on this on this big, huge, um, like basically uh, tugboat almost, and um, they're researching, and they come across this this creature that that is basically half half man. So good looking too, man. It's it's one of the best like statues or figurines. I really need to one of these days. I'm gonna drop, and you probably know which one I should get. I, I want to drop some money on a really nice creature of the Black Lagoon. Uh, figure or statue or something i have those old ones the uh what are the ones that we have that the glow and dark, dark one? Um, oh yeah the uh the remcos the remcos i have the remcos but i'm thinking of something like the size of that wolfman one i have i would love uh, to have I've something got, like that i don't have anything that big but i do have two different ones on my wall that both still sealed um that then nice I'll, t- I'll send you a picture of them and see if you have any interest yeah but I, I have creature in the black lagoon is one i have in excess of i probably got five or six biggest for it yeah love them the problem is I'll, I'll open in that shit if I get it. It's just, that's one of those. I just love, no matter, they could try to remake that movie as much as possible. And even the two sequels that they had, it, the creature didn't look as good as that first one, man. That first one was no, great. No, of course not. Yeah, they, they were spot on with that. Uh, it, I was going to say this earlier. It's one of the few universal movies they never even tried to remake. Yeah. And it's, it is kind of a same shame they haven't, but it leaves, leaves that mystique to it, though. Oh, all right. I hear the closest thing is that Shape of Water that came out. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing that. to like a, uh, a Creature from Black Room remake that's not really a remake. But, uh, okay. And it was uh, worth mentioning, too, that this was filmed like 25 minutes from my house. The The underwater stuff was, not the uh, hmm. not the above the water. Above the water, I think they did it in Jamaica or the Caribbean. Or maybe I was going to say like Brazil or something like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, that. that but right. inside the yeah. water, it was filmed at Silver Springs, Florida, because the water was just crystal, crystal clear. You could still go there and swim, and the the huh. water is so friggin' clear that it was just so easy to film to stick a camera in there and, and pull up all that stuff. So that's its one wow. claim of fame uh, was the creature of the Black Lagoon. I should mention huh. too, man. I had like an incredible crush on this leading oh, lady yeah. too, man. I was going there too. <laughs> I, I had, so I had an old Universal book that I took out from the library in Mansfield, and I, I didn't return it because it had a picture of her in that white bathing suit. And I was like, I'm uh, not taking this picture. She almost looked like Brooke Shields, but yeah. like way, way hotter. Yeah, and she I really had a just, great, great look. She reminded me of. Um, she looks a lot like Jennifer Conley. Yeah, in the yeah, face, that dark, uh, that dark hair, and the uh, eyebrows. Yeah, I remember looking at the picture one day in, in uh, like one of the class, maybe Home Ec or whatever the hell it was. 
And the girl comes over to me and she says to me, you know, she's probably either dead or 75 years old now. I'm like, man, way to kill my bonus. You know? What the hell? What a buzzkill. I yeah, think she so, died like was, two years ago or something. She lasted a while, man. Did she really? Yeah. Okay. I think she w- just kicked it. <laughs> it was great. And we should also mention the music in that movie, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just jarring. Yeah. It's almost unsettling where you're like, oh, my God, please stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're like really high pitch with those those instruments. And, man, they, they definitely made you want to get the hell out of there. And it's yeah, weird. It's a good movie. It's not the first time we've seen in horror movies, for sure, that element where the creature is obsessed with the beautiful woman, you know? <laughs> I mean, you think like King Hunchback. Kong. Hunchback or Notre yeah. Dame, even a better example, yeah. because that movie's from, like, the 30s. I mean, so is King right. Kong, really, but... I, Right. Was even, uh, but I'm not even sure. Was in that first King Kong, was he even obsessed with her? I didn't think that really came out until the like '76 one. Yeah, it was the uh, the one with the, um, uh, the Lebowski in it. That was that they, they kind of went that whole route. The Lebowski, which one's that? Oh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I, I completely forgot. I'm thinking Jessica Lang, and yeah, I forgot he was the man. Him and Charles Grodin were uh, in that one. Yep. I just recently bought it. I haven't seen it in a while. Did you? Did you like that one, the '76 one? Yeah, I did a lot. I, I don't like King Kong movies in general, just because I don't like the the animal being taken from his own yeah. area, forced to uh, dance like an ape, and then basically they kill it because they, he's out of control. Yeah. I, I hate the premise of it's slavery, of it. man. I mean, they <laughs> yeah put him in the slavery for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do that, don't make him sweet, too, you know, because that makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't like animal cruelty at all, Yeah, especially when it's a giant animal that they took out of its own habitat, who was more than happy to be where he was, wasn't bothering anyone. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing about them going to, like, uh, making that shift to instead of doing another King Kong where they have to throw this poor bastard off a, a building. Now they've done these right. prequels where, like, Skull Island, you can you can see him be a badass. Yep. And, exactly, which I love. And now the Godzilla versus uh, uh, friggin' uh, King Kong, which is who knows when the fuck that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. That was supposed to be this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, no one knows when any movie's coming out anymore. And do you hear there was a big dust-up between uh, AMC Theaters and Universal last yes. night? Did yes, you see because that? They, they basically said they don't want to. Uh, they want to have uh, dual releases on uh, you know fifty dollars for a movie straight to home. Yep. Or you can go to the theater and see it for twenty bucks. Well, who the hell would want to go to the theater? You spend more to go to the theater and leave your house. Yeah. AMC is like this is bullshit. This is not what we had contractually agreed on. Yeah. This is, this is a, you're changing the whole kind of dynamic of how movie theaters work and everything, which has yep. got to be. So we're not gonna we're not gonna play movie Universal anymore. movies anymore. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's we'll crazy. see. We'll see what happens with that because I mean, there's certainly certain things that obviously had to change because of the quarantine, and certain things you would think are going to go right back. But I, I'm not somebody that is going to run towards a uh, a closed area like a movie theater when I know two months later it's going to come out on Redbox or I can own it, you know? Right, right. I, see, I'm a, I'm a big person of uh, hard copy. I want hard then, copies of all my movies. Then again, that would be hard. For, if Godzilla and Kong is released, I'd have to go see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't that, wouldn't that be considered a universal movie, though? I wonder if uh, Universal still yeah. owns those, right? I mean, it definitely. Yeah, I would say so. Universal definitely owns King Kong, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. isn't it Legendary Pictures? I think Legendary Pictures. Leg- is... Legendary does. Yeah, I think Toho still has something involved with uh, Godzilla as well. Yeah, you would think. There's not enough Godzilla yeah. movies for uh, my opinion. I need to wait. Did you get that box set yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I got it on Amazon. I got a uh, gift card for Christmas of fifty. I'm like, you know what? Here we go. <laughs> uh, I've only watched three movies, but the packaging is amazing. Yeah. I love it. 
I need I need to get it. it. It's not dropping in price either. I don't think it's gonna. <laughs> No, it's what 125. I think. Yeah, 120 or something like that. Maybe a little bit. Uh, if you if you check it on eBay, maybe you'll be able to no, do it more. for 100. But is it going for more, it's, on, it's eBay? more on eBay? Yeah, I haven't seen any of them under 150 on eBay, but I haven't checked them out because I got mine a while ago, right around Christmas. Yeah, it looks gorgeous, and it has everything it you'd possibly ever want. So I may yep. have to eventually yeah, do that. The, one of my favorites is the uh, was a a, 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 Reby, a Re, Reba the um, the Monster of the Deep. Damn, I don't even see uh, that one. I don't that's think. like the giant crap. I love that movie. Oh, Everyone nice. kind of makes fun of it, but it, it's classic. <laughs> I would totally just watch nothing but Godzilla movies for a whole week. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong at all. All right. My number two here, and this is one that's always scared the shit out of me. I always thought it was creepy as fuck. And this is 1968's Rosemary's Baby. Nice. God, man. Another the, one. The, I have not seen it in 30 years, probably. It's so good, and I, and I hate that it's good because I don't like the director. I don't like what he, he does oh, yeah. and he stands for. He's kind of a prick, so I'm not even going to mention his name. But, I mean, it's a fucking great movie. I mean, you can't deny it, it a great movie. I'm not going to take that from uh, Mia Farrow or all these other great uh, – Ruth Gordon and all these great people that were in this movie. Uh, yep. The idea that – and I'm going to have to just be spoilery up front if you haven't seen Mary Baby because it's kind of my point here – but it's 68. I'm not it's as... It's only we are, for Christ's sake. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not as it's worried about spoilers in 50s and 60s movies, you know, as yeah. I am movies that came out last year. Uh, but the idea that a husband would sell out his own fucking wife to the devil yep. <laughs> to be able yep. to get a good acting job is scary yep. as shit to me, dude. Yep. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and she's such a sweet, sweet woman who's so happy to have this baby and everything. And what, what's happening in this movie, so they, her and her husband, they seem like the perfect couple. He's an actor, somewhat struggling. And uh, she gets pregnant, and they have all these eccentric uh, neighbors who want to be part of the pregnancy. And Ruth Gordon, being uh, creepy as hell, comes in there and keeps giving her shakes to take. And uh, <laughs> not to mention that that scene where she thinks she's dreaming about having sex with, with the, the devil. devil. And yeah. uh, you, you realize that this is not a dream. These are other, and you could see the other uh, people in the, uh, the room with her and she's not knowing what's mm-hmm. going on. And it just kind of like slowly unfoils to, she knows that everyone's against her. Uh, she's, she's thinking these people want my baby when it's born or they want to hurt the baby or something. And she cannot find anybody that will listen to her everywhere. She turns, she goes to the doctor, the doctor is played brilliantly by Ralph Bellamy, uh, from trading places is telling her, I want you to drink this and you drink this and you, you do that. And, and, not realizing that, man, everyone's involved with this fucking thing, man, until that kind of shock, shock ending where she gets woken up and walks in the other room and realizes she's dead center into, like, uh, Satan worshippers, like, w- 101, you know? That was, wow. That was a, definitely a wild moment. I, I watched it as a kid, didn't really get it, and then I watched it a few years, maybe six, seven years later, and I was like, oh, wow. This is not what I thought I was watching at all. It really epitomizes. It's very interesting that this was 1968 because it almost feels like it's a 70s horror movie. Oh, yeah. It's really kind of ahead of its time in 1968 to be something so uh, brazen and dealing with Satan worshipers and big time actors being in this movie because this was a big book uh, that had been released by Ira Levin, who who also wrote um, 
uh, boys from brazil i think he wrote and I, I think he wrote death trap too and uh so it was a big novel that had come out so people were kind of rushing to see this and uh right this was after oh this was before the exorcists so i think this one spurred yeah. the exorcist on because when you think of the trifecta you think rosemary's baby the omen and the exorcist are like the three yep. big dogs of that time period with uh, the devil worshiping movies but this one was done in such a different way, man. The stylistic kind of thing about it, the I have nowhere to run. I'm completely helpless. The audience is with her 100%. And even at the end, there's nothing she can do, you know? You you, right. you want to be a mother to your, your baby? Because this is that's your option. Other than that, you're not taking her anywhere. <laughs> it was definitely ahead of its time. It almost felt like that, those Fulci movies or, um, or Dario Argento or something yeah. like that. Like that, that vein, you could tell it was right in that, that wheelhouse of yeah. movies. Yeah, it was, it was like one of those weird things that just happened to get by in America that would have been uh, almost uh, mild in uh, Italy and Spain and everywhere else where they, they don't take everything so serious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we could yeah, do it. We could, hell, we could do a pod on some Argento stuff one of these days too. We we need to pick like foreign horror directors and pick like a couple from each of their stuff because there's still a lot of the Ario Argento movies that I need to uh, go through and check out. What's your favorite of his? Uh, oh, Suspiria, no doubt. Yeah, have you seen the new one? No, I haven't. I I can't seem to find it anywhere. I was hoping to find it in the store. Nowhere has it. I haven't seen it anywhere too, and it came and went out of the theater. It was like boom, gone. Very quick. Very quick, and I haven't heard anything spectacular about it. In fact, when I was looking for it the last time on um, on eBay, I realized it's part of a trilogy. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes. So the movies are um, Inferno is the second one, and Mother of Tears is the third. I, I've seen Inferno. I never knew that that was even connected to it. That's interesting. That's that's the direct sequel, and then um, Mother of Tears is the third. I've I've seen parts of Inferno. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I was like, wow, that was part of it. And uh, I want to buy all three of them. I just haven't had the chance to watch huh. them, especially, you know, she's not too big on the horror stuff, so I don't want to put, uh, you know... <laughs> I don't want to put her through that. <laughs> no. So no, that's the no good thing. To... Uh, if if my wife is going to watch a movie, it's going to be either a horror or a comedy. <laughs> she'll nice. she'll be up for that. But there, what's that Italian that. director, the one who did uh, Madhouse? Is that the uh, the horror movie? Oh, Matt, the one about the uh, the Funhouse, right? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, the Funhouse one. It was done by like an uh, I th- I think it was an Asian director that had done it, but I'm not sure. Uh, you're talking about you're talking about the one with the uh, the weird looking guy, the guy who's got the weird looking kid with like almost the two faces. Oh no, that was Funhouse. That's the seventies yeah. Funhouse. I'm talking about. This was a foreign foreign movie. Uh, oh okay. And I can't remember the name of it. The I remember the cover is that orange face that looks like a monster. I could, could have swore it was called Madhouse, but I might be wrong about that. So it could be. It could be. That won't be my number one. All right, let's move to your number one, man. Must have been difficult to come up with. Uh no, not at all. Really, uh, it was it was a given, huh? This was a given, yeah. As soon as I started doing the uh, the, the quick research on my movies, uh, this is honestly one of my top five movies. Oh, nice. I love when I hear that. I love when yeah, I hear it. Um, it's got, got a couple of good actors in it, too. So um, without any further ado-do, <laughs> um, 1967, uh, Lon Chaney, and the late, great Sid Haig, Spider-Baby. Spider-Baby. That's so weird that this is one of your top five favorite movies, and I've never seen it. So. I love this movie. I absolutely love it. It is it is so good. Uh, I've I've seen you know showed it to a lot of people, and no one has said they didn't like it. Uh, from the opening song, which is just goofy, it's almost like something out of like Mad Monster Party. Um, yeah. To the acting, uh, Sid Haig, one of his first movies, very very young in it, and he was he's basically playing a retard. 
Um, it's it's about like the uh, degenerative brain. Interesting. And um, it's it's the the older they get, the more the brain regresses. And uh, there's some really really good parts to it, and things that you didn't really see coming. Um, it, there's a you know a, a cutie in it. The one of the girls that comes to the house who's trying to take the house away from this family. Um, I, I can't say enough about this movie. Everyone should check this one out. Damn, give it's us one weird. scene. Give us one fucked up scene. <laughs> uh, all right. So there's this, this dude who's delivering their their uh, mail, and he decides he's going to go to the house to drop off whatever the package was, and he sees or hears something inside, and he goes to the window, and there's these two girls that live in the house, and they're, they're both out there, and Lon Chaney's in charge of watching them and caring for them, and one of them, she's obsessed with spiders. She, she thinks she is a spider. And what she'll do is she'll take this little piece of like fabric and throw it over someone, and that's her web. And her, her, her fangs are these two knives. So the guy looks in the window. He comes in a little bit. She closes the window on top of him, and she decides to throw the webbing over him and starts stabbing the guy like in the face. What the hell, dude? this poor dude who's just delivering the friggin' mail. <laughs> and now, now he's gone. But she's, I think her name was Vivian or, or something. Um, the other sister comes in after she's done her dirty work, and she's like, Vivian, you know he's going to be mad at you. And just the way that they're so slow and so out of it, and they don't really get, have any sense of right or wrong, really, it, it's fun. Wow, but when they get up, when, when Sid finally comes, his name is Ralph. How young is he in this movie, man? He oh, has got to be young. probably 20. Oh, Jesus. Maybe. And he's constantly got his mouth open. He's goofy as all hell. His name's Ralph. And when they see him, they're like, Ralph! And they're almost like they're barking at him. It's it's awesome. It's really a fun movie. Silly Boris is good in it. I mean, um, uh, Lon Chaney's good in it. Is it Lon Chaney or Lon Chaney Jr.? Lon Chaney Jr. He's wicked, wicked old. He's He's constantly sweating. You can tell it's kind of close to the end of his um, his days. Wow. But he was good, and he had a couple uh, spots in the movie where you could see he was really having fun. Damn. Um, I'm definitely going to add that to my list uh, of ones to check out because I, I I've, been, I've been scouring eBay for a lot of those kind of rare horror movies and everything. And uh, yeah, you've given me some uh, stuff to look up today. I think I have um, the Blu ray as well as DVD. If I have the DVD and Blu ray, I'll, I'll uh, make a deal with you. Shit, yeah. Shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm all about a deal. So. All right. My number one, I thought hard about this too. I almost threw you for a loop and picked Monsters Go Home. Oh, Monsters Go Home? Okay. <laughs> but Monsters. that's yep. not it. Did yep. you see that that just came out on Blu-ray, though? No. Uh, Scream really? Factory. Scream Factory fucking uh, uh, presentation of uh, Mon- Monsters Go Home. Just came out, like, uh, a couple weeks ago. So now you know what okay. you're going to be buying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I just got an offer on eBay while we were talking, actually. I just put a figure up for 150 bucks, and Ooh. someone just pretty much gave it to me. So I got some money to spend now. Yeah, it looks fabulous. Just the cover alone, you're like, oh my God, I need to own it. So I've been wanting to, uh, so to get that. But this one's another one that I've been looking for and it finally came across as uh, as cheap and I was super excited to get it. A movie that I, I didn't watch growing up until maybe the late 80s and I was so surprised at how friggin' fucked up it was for a black and white movie and the subject matter. And this was 1956, The Bad Seed. Now, do you remember this okay. movie? This is with the little girl with the pigtails? Yep, yep. 
Yeah. And so what's going on in this movie, you got this cute little kid with the pigtails and she's living with her uh, mother and her father is off working for the military. And they have a neighbor upstairs that kind of helps out with her and they have a janitor that uh, takes care of the property. It's all very contained. This could have been a really good play, actually, because a lot of it is in the house or in the backyard. And at the very beginning of the movie, she gets... uh, sent home from uh you you get introduced to her a little bit and then she goes to school and all the kids get sent home because one of the kids at school uh is killed and dies off the side of the dock by the water and apparently the she was the first the last person to speak to the kid and she's very kind of uh uh, nonchalant and I don't know what you're talking about and uh, I, I didn't talk to him a lot of people talked to him you could tell that this girl is just there's something fucking strange about this girl and uh, mm-hmm. it you f- it finds out that they had an argument earlier on where they I think it was like a spelling contest or something and uh, the boy won over her and got this like crazy cool medal on it and that she demanded the medal and everything and then uh, when the kid was found, the kid was found, the metal uh, uh, was completely missing from his body, and they don't know what happened. And then, so the mom is asking her, "Do you did you remember talking to him? No, I didn't talk to him, mommy, I didn't talk to him. And even the, the kid's dead, uh, or the dead kid's drunk mom shows up and wants to talk to the little girl and ask her questions and everything. And the mom's cleaning the room and goes into one of her, like, uh, cigar boxes or something like that and pulls the metal out. And she's like, where is this? Why do you have the metal here? He's like, well, he didn't need it. He says, I just took it off. And she's like, you took it off his dead body? And it's now it's Damn. even more of a question that did he take it off the dead body or did she kill this little kid to fucking steal this metal off him? Or metal. And wow. So you got this janitor who is like super suspicious. He like lives on the property down in the basement and uh, he keeps fucking with this girl. He, he goes up to her and waits till the adults go and he like is very snide to her and says, I know you had something to do with that little kid's death. And he's, He's like pushing her buttons and pushing her buttons and even saying, do you know they have this uh, they have this spray that they spray and they could find blood on things. So if if this kid uh, had that head wound like he did and he sprayed blood on you, they'd know you if you had it. He says, or if they if you kill them with a stick, they're going to find that stick and everything. And she's like, right. well, I didn't kill him with a stick and everything. And huh. that kid, uh, they catch the little girl, he catches the little girl trying to put her shoes in the incinerator. (laughs) And he's like, holy shit, you hit that kid with your shoes, didn't you? He says, well, I'm not going to let you do it. And all of a sudden, uh, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're being crazy. And she goes up with her mother. And all of a sudden, you hear people screaming downstairs. And the old, the janitor is like on fire in the basement. Someone burned him to death and burned him alive in the basement. And you're like, holy shit, did this little kid just burn that guy in the the fucking basement? And this is like 1956. So you're like, wow, I thought I was going to watch some really kind of cheesy, cheesy horror movie, but there's a lot more here to it. And I'm going to spoil the ending for this just because it's so brilliant. (laughs) And it's 1956. So, uh, the mom finally, the mom's having like a breakdown. We're watching her. A lot of the movie is the mom trying to deal with, hey, my daughter is a killer and I, should I be hiding this fact that my daughter's a killer? And uh, yeah. and then uh, there's a question that the kid killed the mom because the mom ends up in the hospital uh, and uh, she tries to poison her own kid and then kill herself and it doesn't work. The kid lives wow. and the mom is still in the hospital. And that night there's a storm and uh, 
at earlier in the movie, she the mom takes that medal from her and, and she says, where'd you, uh, she's like, I want my medal back. And she's like, well, I threw that medal off the dock so no one could ever find it. So the very end of the movie, in the last like three minutes, you see her get her slicker on and her uh, umbrella and she walks down to the edge of the uh, of the dock and she's reaching yeah. down and you see the metal in the, uh, in the water and she reaches down and all of a sudden lightning strikes the dock and blows her up <laughs> and then the credits roll awesome. <laughs> and I'm like holy I shit dude I was like that is like the best ending for a for like a 1956 movie that you didn't expect you were going to see I don't think I ever saw that one all the way through I, <sighs> I remember parts of it but I don't remember that ending at all so yeah, that's it's to crazy it. man it's so enjoyable because you you don't you don't think that the audience should be like cheering at the end when they say oh the eight-year-old got struck by lightning oh <laughs> uh, yeah you do yeah you do because i mean with the way things are now especially like you can't reprimand kids anymore let mother nature do it for you god man and that's a genre in itself creepy kids we've done a whole podcast on creepy kids man or uh and i mean there's something about kids that everyone has their kind of like their bugaboo you know certain people don't like serial killers so people don't like clowns and it is weird that a lot of people are scared to death of creepy kids you throw a creepy kid in a movie it'll send people running Exactly. I'm not sure who I I'm probably more scared of just the plain straight up psychotic that could actually be walking the street right now than I do yep. of like any specific monsters in movies, but Yeah, cuz you know that they're make believe and and they um, can blend. No, you know, you can't spot them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you see Jason Voorhees walking down the street with a machete in his hand, you're pretty sure you got to stay away from him. Yeah, and if you don't, that's your own fault. <laughs> yeah, and but the guy standing behind you in line, uh, he's, you know, he's, he can go home and have like um, three people tied, tied up in his face. I know, man. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, the, uh, the friggin' uh, BTK. He's going to work every day for 20 years after what he had been doing. And that's what's right. even scarier now. You, you're Now we're living in a place where everyone's wearing face masks. I, I, haven't, I haven't been in a bank in like, 12 years i think i mean why would you have to with atms and online banking right. and everything like that i think the last time i was in a bank was when i opened the account seriously it's i never have to go in wow. and uh i could imagine how crazy it is now that everyone's going in wearing bandanas and masks over their faces we have no banks open here banks are all drive through only oh really um 90 like uh there's no i mean um, um any fast food restaurant you can't go in yeah uh, Honeydew, etc. You have to actually use a drive-through. So banks are the exact same thing. Wow! And now the lines are ridiculously slow. Like they'll take, I don't know, seven to ten minutes to process one driver. I had to go into uh, deposit a check last week, three forty-five. The uh, the bank's closing at four, and I, I didn't think I was going to be able to get it in time. I got up there it was three fifty-nine. I was only the second person in line. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah crazy, it, it's man. a totally different world. It, and those sucks. ATMs, those like solo ATMs that they have enclosed in glass and everything, those lines must be crazy. Yeah, they are. They are because that's the only way you're going to get your money. And then you got to go in there and touch card. that damn shit, which I hate. Right. You, you never think of it, but like I'm, I'm like, should I rent this movie on Redbox or rent it at home on demand? I said, well, on demand, I don't have to fucking touch that goddamn machine. You wouldn't. Even, you wouldn't even thought about that a year ago. No, now you have I, to. Any movie I watch now, and I see, I see them like at like Disney World or something. I was like, well, this is some social distancing nightmare right here. I mean, it's so exactly. ingrained in I, us now. I'm doing the, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Yep. See, I, I got hacked on my debit card about a week and a half ago. I wasn't able to touch eBay. I wasn't able to do anything with oh. it because it was tied to everything. That's the worst. And um. It made everything a nightmare because all I could do was pay cash for everything. I don't want to touch cash. Now. Yeah, that's my my wife's the no. same way. She's like, I don't want that dirty money. Use it. I don't want it in my wallet. <laughs> yep, exactly. I, I what I want to do is just put it somewhere, and if I need it for that rainy day, sure. 
But uh, as of right now, I don't want to touch it. Yeah. But I had to, that's all. I had to have like three hundred dollars cash. And I went to the bank once. Had to make that money last for every grocery trip, any little bills that I had to pay, gas, anything. So everything's calculating now. You know, you you you're like, all right, I'm gonna go. I I mean, we used to be like flippant with our uh, our grocery list. You know, if we don't get it this time, we'll get it next time. We're like, no, we want to make sure we get everything for the next ten days because I don't have to do this again. <laughs> I know, I know. And see, my problem is I, I try to do that and they'll have to get three things and then her her kids will come over. I'm like, you know what? They need to have this, 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 or else they're not going to eat. Well, you're like me too. You're kind of a grocery store junkie where you, you like to go and I, uh, yep. and and check stuff up and go every day or every other day. So it's got to be a pain. Exactly. I'll, I'll go to one store this day and then the next, uh, you know, like the other store the following day or the day after normally. I, I'm This is the most I've done, uh, gone in a while. I've actually gone to the grocery store three or four of the day, uh, last four days in a row. Wow. But I'm, I'm in and out like the wind. I get the mask on. Oh, yeah. I don't wear gloves, but I, as soon as I get in the car, I just hand sanitize the hell That's what I do. I car. started wearing gloves, and I realized that you're going to have to just throw – you're going to be going through a ton of different gloves. <laughs> exactly. You can't reuse them. No, you can't reuse them. And whatever you touch those gloves, now that's dirty. Yeah. So you know what? My hands are going to be just as dirty, but as soon as I get in the car, I wipe down my keys. I wipe down my debit card. Whatever I use to pay with, I spray – the stuff that uh, can be sprayed with Lysol, I'll spray with Lysol. The rest of it I spray with uh, vinegar and water, and I kill everything yeah. I can before I bring it in the house. For sure. So It's crazy. It's a process. <laughs> yep. That's that's the new world. That's the new world we live in. We just got to get used to it. I mean, parts of it are great. Parts of it are shit, but we're going to have to figure right. it out one way or another. <laughs> exactly. Well, I appreciate you being on this 50s and 60s horror uh, with us, man. This is great. Not a problem. We find this is one Not of the earliest kind of decades we've kind of dove into on this pod. We've we've touched on it on different wild card episodes where I've picked some old flicks, but this is the most we've had in like one row. So it's exciting. We'll have to have you do it again sometime. This Definitely. So I got much... one more honorable mention if I can. Do it. Yeah. Uh, 1955 Tarantula. Tarantula. Uh, forget all about the movie. It's one of Clint Eastwood's first movies. He actually plays a, um, a uh, like a fighter pilot. God, I um, think I remember this. There was a while there where I, I watched all those, like Kingdom of the Ants and uh, and yep. yeah, tarantulas. This so. was just about the, the tarantula just keeps on building. It winds up being so big that it's eating like full cows and stuff. And it's like the size <laughs> of the house. It, it is a good, good movie. And on top of that, I, I want to mention a, a new movie that I think you might have even re- recommended that I watched was uh, Hereditary. Oh, I love Hereditary. You finally watched it? Yeah, I, I could not believe how good of a movie that was. Did man. not see who was coming. Loved it. It sticks loved with it. you, man. That That's what I tell people about that movie. That movie sticks with you. Definitely. Uh, you, you think about scenes like that like weeks afterwards. I mean, yeah. th- just that party sequence where he's bringing his sister home. And, ah, man, it's difficult. Oh. There's some difficult oh, stuff yeah. in that movie, man. Have you seen Midsommar yet? Uh, no, I haven't, but it's it's definitely on that list. There's only a few movies that I definitely have to uh, check out, and that's definitely one of them. That's the same guy. It's it's a lot slower, but man, it is. It's an it's he's got like a quality to him that director, which he's really oh. kind of changing horror for the better, bringing kind of the really scary and creepy kind of parts of humans back. Uh, and mm-hmm. he he starts all his movies with like a really kind of shocking sequence, and then just makes the audience deal with that through the rest of the movie. And that's kind of how Hereditary was. So and he doesn't have another movie slated. It's just Hereditary and Midsummer. So I'm waiting to see what comes out next with that guy because he's really freaking good right now so yeah i'm interested definitely, in seeing what you think for that yeah midsummer i'm glad see that's what quarantine does to you man you get to watch some freaking uh random movies you haven't watched in a while exactly i got uh, i got her to watch um unbreakable we watched um split two weeks ago and i just ordered glass which should be here today or tomorrow so i did not like glass but i loved split 
I remember. Uh, I, I've heard mixed reviews on, yeah. on Glass. Yeah. I, I thought so. the ending was kind of a clusterfuck uh, and yeah. a little unbelievable, but the uh, uh, I love Split. I loved Unbreakable. I loved Unbreakable and Split. Both of them, they were great. Unbreakable was really slow, but very, yeah. very good. Very yeah. rewarding. Well, cool. I'm interested in what you're thinking of uh, what you think of Glass. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to watch as many new movies. We're doing a video game pod, and that's a good segue here. We're going to be, uh, me and Dave are going to be doing a whole pod on Nicole Kidman films, and then me and Justin yeah. are going to do video game films. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna hit some of the old cheese like Soup Mario Brothers and uh, Double yep. Dragon, uh, Street Fighter, uh, that type of uh, stuff. So I think Mortal Kombat, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat, yeah, some of those old. Did you see Pixels? Uh, I haven't seen Pixels. Was it good? I liked it. I liked it. Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Um, what was it? Peter Dinklage is in it. He's he's pretty funny. Yeah, I love Peter Dinklage. He's great. It's definitely one you want to check out. It's it's silly, but it's not bad. Yeah, and, I, and speaking of silly and not bad, from what I've heard, and I'm going to rent it this week is uh, that Sonic movie. Uh, I've heard good things about that Sonic movie. It's it's weird. I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, it's, it's strange because it looks bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it does. I I'm very interested in. Uh, Usually, if there's a mass group of people that are saying, "Hey, you know, this is actually not as bad as you think it is," then it usually is. So, I'll uh, I'll be very interested in checking it out this week. But so, if anyone's listening and you want to uh, leave us a comment or a like, we'd appreciate it on SoundCloud and iTunes. You could also check us our page out on Facebook, or you could uh, shoot us a message at uh, fascinatedwithfilms at gmail dot com. Care of Justin, he'll get right back to you. <laughs> Well, I'll get back to you. We got nothing else to do. <laughs> so until next time, see ya. Peace out.